1: All right, here we go. As we turn the hour here, it is time for Sneaky Hembo. Harry. Harry. Once again, the way this works, if Harry gets it right, we dance. If Harry gets something it wrong. Something
2: tells me we're not going to be bugging <laughs> Something
1: tells me. Hembo has something planned. Let's see what it is. Dak Prescott, who was the only quarterback to beat Dak twice in the same season? Get him. Get him.
3: I'm going to go with
1: Aaron Rodgers. Green Aaron Rodgers oh, is... Not correct. I am so sorry. Eli Manning, during Dak's rookie season, beat the Cowboys both times. All right, to the victor goes the spoils. Here come Hembo and Jacqueline. Do our people them. right. Do our people right. Oh God. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> back <or> back. <laughs> I really like that and they wonder why they welcome they you back to get up game. live it from it the seaport we are brought to you right, by bro. Chase week 14 kicks off tonight let's do bold predictions Kimberly Martin give me a prediction for this weekend. Guess what,
2: guys you think there are gonna be no points tonight I got something for you we're gonna have so many points we're not gonna be sure what to do with ourselves get out of here yes the uh, uh, Who's playing? The Steelers, the, Steelers <laughs> <and> the, <Patriots. laughs> the Steelers are actually going to win this game. 27-24, bonanza. My goodness, points.
1: that would be three touchdowns over the total. I love it. The total is hovering right around 30 points, as low as any game in the last 20 years. Harry, give me a bold prediction for the weekend.
3: I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs and their wide receivers. They're going to be able to catch this football with their hands, and they're going to be able to have a big day versus the Buffalo Bills. That's my bold prediction.
1: They need to get that offense cranking up. It's a fabulous Sunday afternoon game. D. Wood, give me a prediction from that game.
0: Yeah, I'm going Josh Allen. How about four tutties? In He's, not going to be play- He's not going to play around, not going to mess around. Critical game for the Buffalo Bills. I always say Josh Allen. Like you said, that Josh Allen is one of two, him and Patrick Mahomes. Well, guess what? This guy right here is going to make it happen in he, game. They win if he gets four
1: touches. It's a huge – I think yeah. they're going to win that yeah. game. Hey, Danny, give me a bold prediction for this weekend. I'm going to say
4: Sunday Night Football, DeAndre Swift goes over 100. The mm-hmm. whole conversation this week has been about Philadelphia's offensive line, who is one of the best and also most prideful units in the NFL. They have not played up to their par, up to their standard. And I think that because of that – they rely on that offensive line and the veteran leadership they have to run the football consistently well and challenge Dallas's
1: defense. And Swift goes over 100. Well, look, you got people standing outside the Eagles' facility with signs yesterday saying "Run the ball." We'll hear from their coach about that a little bit later. But the reason they're doing it is because they don't. They had nine. Yeah, but no, no, that's a misnomer. Weekend. No, that's, it's
4: not. No, that's a misnomer. Dan, nine. I'm counting nine. I know that number is factually accurate. Okay, first Dan of don't all, don't like
2: facts, though. First you of all.
4: That. Everyone I've heard this week say, well, they got to run the football more. That's philosophically not who the Eagles are. That is not who they got to, how they got to the Super Bowl. They are a throw-to-score, run-to-win offense, okay? What's happened is they're not running the ball well. They're, it's not that they're not running it enough. It's When they are running the ball, Wood knows this, their offensive line is no longer what I call denting the defense, changing the line of scrimmage. That's what they did last year. And so teams, it's it's crazy to watch. Teams are playing way less what we call one safety in the middle of the field. When teams play one safety in the middle of the field, it's easy access throws. What do we talk about with AJ Brown? It's stop routes, yep. it's in routes, it's it's go the in and then the go route. Mm-hmm. Those are easiest versus one safety. Right. Like one-on-one. Right. Well, teams are playing two safeties. The number one way to hurt teams that play two safeties, run you the run ball. the football. But you have to hurt them when you do it. Mm-hmm. They're actually trying to run the ball, they're just not. They're not doing it well. So it's not that they have to
3: do it more, it's that they have to do it better. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this really quickly because when a lot of teams are playing that too high safety look, that's when a guy like Dallas Goddard comes into play. That's fair. And he's not there with the. But it he's right coming now. back. Hey, right. He's coming back. Yeah, back he's supposed to play.
1: Here's my question, is that I feel like last year they were one of the historically great running teams of all time in large part because the quarterback was yeah. such a huge part of their running game. And maybe because Parts of it. his knee, maybe because of his contract, for whatever reason, they're just not doing that nearly as much. And so now, again, you can speak way better than I can mm-hmm. to what Dan just said about their offensive line not being perhaps what it was. Those guys are all getting older. They're great players. Yeah. All the famers on that line, but they're getting older. Can this team out physical? Can they run the ball down the throats of that Dallas defense on Sunday?
0: We're going to find out. We're absolutely – because this, this offense line hasn't played to, to the level that they played right. last year. Yeah. And, and one thing that the, the Philadelphia Eagles did last year, did a really good job of, was the RPO run game. Because it's a numbers game, okay. When you got a quarterback that can run, it changes the numbers, and the advantage goes to the offense. Well, they're not doing it nowhere near as successful as they were last year. And looking at this matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, if you if if there's one area you can say against this Cowboys defense that's susceptible is the rush defense. If you can run the ball against them and keep them out, keep keep your um, offense out of predictable passing situations where all those guys can come after you. Now they're in the bind. That, that's when they're most vulnerable as the as Cowboys' defense. Look at that number, Hembo just threw up. They have 343
4: yards fewer rushing the football than they did at this point last year. Yeah,
1: that's a big deal. Well, That's what I was just saying. Is that, and I feel like the quarterback <laughs> was a huge part of that last no, year.
4: The, like it's a part of it, Greeny. I'm just telling you, would you like you could watch the games? Mm-hmm. The the offensive line is not the same unit now. Part of that is the numbers and Jalen running, unquestionably. But when this offense like needed to go dominate a game, they could at the line of scrimmage. This year, they have not done that. That doesn't mean they stink. But when we're talking about the context of this team versus San Francisco and versus Dallas, the offensive line has not been the difference maker that it was last year.
1: And, and Kmart, you are our reporter, so you're there and you, have the, you, you get out there and you sort of try and get a sense When you can of the mentalities of these teams I could see the Eagles thing going one of two ways this Mm -hmm. week they just got punched in the face and
2: they will be ready to punch back that's my
1: question how do they
2: inside the locker room inside the locker room I mean every player prideful players right but when you get smacked like that you want to then smack the next person and A.J. Brown talked about after that game he talked about how we didn't play with a lot of energy and reporters asked him, all right, so how are you guys going to play this weekend, uh, you know, against the Cowboys? He said, yeah, we're going to see. Well, that's great. A.J. Brown, people are also waiting for A.J. Brown to reemerge. He's over the last four games, I think he only has one, one game of over 100 yards. That, that, that's odd. For A.J. Brown, for this offense, you need Devonte Adams, excuse me, Devonte Smith, and A.J. Brown to make the plays that they you know need to make. Is,
0: You know why that is. You know why that's that's the case. Because it goes back to what Dan was talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. When you're what? not able, when you're not able to run the football, when you can play two high safeties, guess what you eliminate. You right. eliminate guys like A.J. Brown but, outside.
2: But but you have A.J. Brown saying, yeah, just just wait until we play them. Okay, show up well, and that's, make.
3: I, I, that's what I think for Dallas's defense. First down production is imperative. And I think that's what Kansas City did a great job of in the first half when they played the Eagles was the first down production that they were able to have. Now, the second half was a different ball game, and it's easier said than done. Yeah. But if you can have first down production versus the Philadelphia Eagles and put them in the third and tens and the third and elevens, I think right now, if you're Dallas, you got to be looking at. Like, and look let me very
1: spot. quickly, just to sort of wrap up this part of the conversation, <laughs> circle it back to the stakes. If the Eagles win the game Sunday night, they are going to win the division. They will likely be the one seed, but even if San Francisco or Detroit catches them, the Cowboys will not, which means that in order to get to the Super Bowl, the Cowboys will have to beat San Francisco and Philadelphia on the road. Is that checkmate? They cannot do that. They can, I mean, so Sunday night's a must-win for the Dallas Cowboys. If they're going to go to the Super Bowl this year, they have to win Sunday. Sunday night's a must-win
4: for the Dallas Cowboys to, to have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. This is the greatest expectations of Dak Prescott's career. Not the biggest game. That's playoff games of the past or whatnot. But he has not been playing at this level with the support of the consistency of his team and the expectation be higher. The expectation, if we're being honest, everybody outside of Philly, the expectation is Dallas wins this game in mm-hmm. handily mm-hmm. at home and Dak plays a, a, mm-hmm. a game that puts him at the top of the MVP list.
1: That's exactly it. We're going to talk about that a little bit later this morning. We have much more on the quarterback debates as well, but... Big moment in the NBA. Let's shoot the J with J. Oh, Willow. look at that broken jumper. And Austin Rivers who was here. Jay, Clippers overcome a 15-point deficit. They beat Denver
5: last night. Are they figuring it out with this big four? They're, they're figuring it out. I still don't put them in the top tier of the Western Conference, but look. When you have James Harden and Russell Westwick, they stagger their minutes. They are talented. I still think there's a lot of questions about the Clippers, whether they can bang with the physicality of the upper echelon of the West.
1: Austin, line. do the Nuggets remain far and away in your mind the best team in the West?
6: They're the best put together starting lineup in the NBA. They have all complementary pieces around the best player in the NBA and that's Nikola. He's leading or he's third in points, yeah. first in rebounds, first in assists. He's probably the MVP. If we're going to put second, it'd probably be Luca, but right now Nicola is, is that guy Ooh, and his not team well. is. So not the a, Nuggets look well awfully be. good.
1: I Joel Embiid's got a way to go there. Well, Embiid might have made a statement towards that last night, shooting Ooh. the J. Joel Embiid 50 points <laughs> mm. against Washington last night. Uh, Jay, is Philly uh, in the inner circle of East Conference? Cont- yes. yes!
5: Yes. Yes, they are. By the way, Joel Embiid. Is my tier one in the MVP? Okay, I, I think he's with Nikola Jokic. I think they're neck and neck. I okay. think after that, you have four or five guys. Fair, but Tyrese Maxey has become a better player. I think they got Kelly Oubre back last night. Yep. They played well. This team has depth. And look, it's gonna be difficult to overcome Giannis and Dame and obviously Boston, but they're in the conversation. So, so
1: is it a two-team and then everybody else, or three-team and everybody else in the East, in your opinion, Austin?
5: I think it's a two-team.
6: I, I like Boston and, and Milwaukee. Milwaukee. So
1: Philly's yeah. a step down.
6: Yeah, yes, Philly's a step down for me. Um, you know, I, I like their team. But, you know, in terms of them being able to beat a Milwaukee or a Boston in a seven-game seven series, I, I just don't see that happening.
1: Maybe space for a move to be yeah. made there. We may need to get Woj on the phone to start diving into that. Maybe as we get towards the trade deadline, the Sixers have one move in them. And then we haven't talked much about Golden State. Steph Curry had 31 points in a comeback win against Portland last night. He's 36. Can he carry this team?
5: All right, so look, I'm, I'm going to give it to oh, you man. on the real here. I, I said this at the beginning of the year. I didn't think the Warriors were going to make the playoffs. I thought they were right there in the play-in tournament. Mm. And the reason why is we want them to be good because 31 is still 31. Everybody else is not the same. Clay is not the same of what he was before. CP3 is older. He's getting injured. You have Draymond Green, who's older. They don't have Jordan Poole to give you points off the bench. This is a different team that I think struggles defensively. I don't think they're in the upper echelon of the Western Conference at all. Look, when they got knocked out last year, Steve Kerr said that they maxed
1: out. They did everything they could. So that begs the question, Austin. When we think through the teams that we could see making deep playoff runs in the Western Conference, do the Warriors
6: look like one of them? It's so hard for us to count them out. Uh, you know what I mean? Just how many times have we tried to count this I team out? I them out. Yeah. yeah, I know. And then they, they somehow just come back to form, and especially in that playoff time. But – As currently constructed, this team right now, I I don't see them making a late push into the playoffs.
1: It's amazing how through all the moves and all the things the teams are trying to do, it is still LeBron carrying his team at 38. It is still Steph carrying his team at 36. And those guys, I mean, the older players are still doing their thing in the NBA. We'll see if some of these young guys are able to do anything about it. In the meantime, Philly fans are telling their football coach exactly what he needs to do you need to hear his answer because candidly I love it and you will plus the debate will continue Orlovsky pounding the table I 100% have his back we will explain why Josh Allen is the most unfairly maligned superstar in the entire NFL next exactly. It, what
2: exactly
1: Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash giftfinder today. That's Macy's.com slash giftfinder. Back on Get Up, it's time for sound off. You'll hear interesting people saying interesting things. The first of them, the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Look at these fans outside the (laughs) Eagles facility yesterday with a sign that says, run the ball. I can really appreciate that. You look like my (laughs) brother-in-law. Nick Sirianni, what'd you think? They they look cold.
4: We gave him coffee. (laughs) Uh, Now, hey... I love our fans. I love their their passion and their their energy it 's not the first time i've heard around the ball and you know what we do need to continue to try to run the ball and I appreciate their their energy because I know that same energy of those guys uh, sitting out there this morning when I drove in uh, they're going
1: to have that same energy when they're when they're cheering us on.
2: I love that. Yes. I love that. Hey, that's how you handle it.
1: The response is obviously outstanding. What are we doing over here? What that's we, with
2: my guy
4: holding something. Yeah, he's busy. cold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but that. I mean, is it as simple as that? Is it as simple as the offensive line got to strap up this weekend and say we're going to win this game for our team?
0: Yeah. I mean, listen. It, it, it to me, it really is about that um, because this offensive line has been playing as well as, as, as it's been that we've been accustomed to seeing from the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, I go back to. In this game against the Dallas Cowboys, you want to be able to dent that defense because you don't want those pass rushers to be able to tee off right. and all those type of things. You got to be able to be in manageable down and distance situations. Running the football will do that.
4: Listen, I, I think Woods right on the offensive side of the ball. You got to minimize Micah also. Marcus Lawrence is playing unbelievable yes, football as yes, well. Yeah. So yep. this game for me is way more about Philadelphia's defense.
1: Okay, we'll get back to that one. There's one I really want you to hear. I want you to hear Justin Fields. We had a really good discussion yesterday about mm-hmm. Justin. I think there are a lot of people who consider it just a fait accompli mm-hmm. that the Bears are going to move on after this season, perhaps on their coach and most likely on their quarterback. Here was Justin Fields addressing all of that talk yesterday.
6: Shoes as I've gotten in Chicago, I mean – I don't hold back. Shoot, I mean, I hear from y'all. I hear from you know fans and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I don't. I don't take any of it personal because I know you know everybody's entitled to their opinion on you know uh, certain things and stuff like that. Wherever if I'm here next year, if I'm not, um, you, know, you know, football doesn't define who I am as a person. All
1: right. So, I mean, first and foremost, you love the way he handles yes. it. The, the kid has handled almost impossible circumstances yes. with a lot of class, right?
2: Yes, I thought he handled it. Well, it is sad, though, to, to hear him say, if I'm here, if I'm not, because I think Chicago really did ruin him. I don't think he will be in Chicago. Unfortunately, what I think the Bears should do is keep him, build around him, build this roster. Up. But I think it's to the point where I don't know if they keep this coaching staff together. I don't know. And then whoever you bring in is going to want their own guy. Like, I, I think it's almost like you said, Greeny, it's it's like you have, a, you have picks that high. You got to take a quarterback. And unfortunately, they did not do right by Justin. And Justin hasn't taken steps. But to be fair, he's been in multiple systems since he's been there. He's been put in terrible situations.
0: Well, a couple of things. Number one, Greeny, you pointed this out before. The, the organization has
2: just never just, done they've, right by they,
0: they've done this whole they've done a disservice not only to judge but the whole organization by having layered um what do you call you the know coaches coaches and, fr- and yeah. all that yeah. stuff it, it, that's just not the way you want to build this thing that's number one number two they're going to move on because you gotta uh, uh, you know you got a chance to reset the contract of, the, of, the, of a rookie coming in who doesn't want that and whether it's whether it's a new whether it's new leadership coming in or not I just, don't, I just don't see Justin Fields being his What is that new
2: QB going to do? What fate is he going to have where the roster it, – it, it was better than what Justin inherited, but they still need pieces around that new quarterback. Well, but
3: we can't have this conversation without the financial part going into yeah. it. That, that's yeah. The, because when you can reset your franchise yeah. from a financial standpoint by taking a quarterback – we also got to look now. Chicago had the number one pick last year. They traded out of that pick. You get the number one pick again in 2020, the 2024 draft, I don't know if you can pass up on a quarterback again. Caleb Williams, we would assume, would
1: be the first pick in this coming draft and all the rest of that. Here's the flip side argument. If you believe Justin Fields is a really good player, you can get a king's ransom You'll the for 49ers. that pick that you got. Yes. You can get a ton of picks. You can build an entire roster around him. You just have to have the guts to be willing to be the team that passed on Caleb Williams, knowing that this same franchise, like three regimes ago, passed on Patrick Mahomes to take Mitchell Trubisky? Would that move make sense to you?
4: It makes logistical sense when you look at who Justin Fields has been, or logical sense, who Justin Fields has been over the last 17 games. Over the last 17 games in a last year worse situation in quarterback-wise in the NFL and below average, last 17 games he's thrown for 3,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, Twelve picks, run for thirteen hundred. So, in totality, in the last seventeen games, he's accounted for just about forty-three hundred yards of offense, thirty-three touchdowns, and twelve picks. In a dog trash situation, and a terrible team with what, a, ter- so, what a terrible yeah, defense. Is. So that's who they're going to end up trading away. I think it's likely, and that he's not in Chicago. This is why. You don't in the NFL pass on consecutive years Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, and Drake May. That's essentially who Chicago would be passing on. Yes. You don't do that two years in a row. It's really about who is going to trade for Justin Fields and what you're going to get. I got you covered there. Harry, where do you live?
3: Atlanta, ATL, yeah. baby. ATL. But Justin Fields on that team, tell me what they look like next year. D- dynamic, very dynamic because of the threat of him rushing the football, but also how that play action game that Arthur Smith likes to run could be that much more dynamic with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and company.
4: Just put it into this context. If Justin Fields was on a little bit of a better team, a mm-hmm. little bit of a better team win loss record wise, and he had over his last 17 games 4,300 yards, 33 mm-hmm. touchdowns accounted for, and 12 picks, we'd be going.
3: Or is he going to get like 200 million, mm-hmm. or is he going to get 250 million? Right. But, but that's why, like, I think for Justin Fields and the organization, I think personally it's best for Justin Fields as an individual oh, to yeah. go somewhere else, yes. and then for the organization to restart what they
4: want. It'll be interesting to see what 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 they can get for him, value wise. I don't think it's a first round pick.
1: Oh no. No. I mean, but, I, would, I don't know that for sure, but I would think much. But those less numbers would say.
2: But but no, about, I hear you. I, I get the financial piece of it, but think about. Just the talent that the quarterback has, that's what is so frustrating because you draft these kids with the purpose of developing them in the right way. And when you set back their development and then say, ah, you know what, this isn't really working. Final
0: word, Bishop. Uh, could you imagine the, the haul that you would get if you trade away the number one? That—that That is the point. And, and you, like, you, and honestly, like, you could change the or you could change the whole organization. Or Herschel Walker year. trade in one year. But they, did it last they could flip year, it. You know what I'm saying?
4: No, I, I know. I'm like, just I, look. Boy. I, I At mean, worst, he would be the third pick of the draft this year. Maybe the fourth yeah. if he was coming
1: out this year. Yeah. And look, I mean. You, they, they so much of how these quarterbacks play is dependent upon the circumstances they right. come into. Are you telling me C.J. Stroud would look the way he looks right now in this offense? Would Patrick Mahomes be the greatest quarterback of all time if the Bears had drafted Correct. him? Yeah. I mean, these <laughs> are the
3: circumstances. The Stroud stuff, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they took him that second. Throw and throw into the third I quarter,
1: rolling to the left? Uh, the, the, oh, to on. the left. The, oh, the, oh the, my goodness. We'll see. Yeah, The coaching situation is a I little have. bit different. Let me take a quick break on this. We're coming back, to, as we promised, <gasps> to the debate that had it all going on. The, the, there are there has been blasphemy spoken, oh my and it will be countered with great enthusiasm next. <laughs> Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot.
4: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: It's the biggest rematch of the year on the biggest NFL weekend of the year. Dak and the Cowboys look for revenge against Jalen and the Eagles. And Monday, we'll be live telling you everything you need to know about how it all went down. First up, 8 a.m. Eastern, get up with me, Greeny, and my entire Monday crew as we break it down from every
5: angle. And then it's my turn as I face off with Shannon Sharp and we debate whether the Cowboys can win it all. And it all wraps up with me and my boys on an overreaction Monday live from the Thunderdome. It's a Monday and you can't miss anything on ESPN.
1: It's going to be terrific Monday, and obviously, and not only do we have Eagles-Cowboys, but we have this monster matchup, Buffalo and Kansas City, and that brings us back to Josh Allen. He's accounted for 210 touchdowns since he came into the league, which is second most In the sport, he's also had 96 turnovers over the same span, which is the most in the National Football League. That has caused a great deal of debate and discussion on this set and others over the course of the last few days and beyond that. And, Dan, just so I I will give you the floor. But the way this began yesterday was we were playing one of those games, you know, more or less. Will Tyree Kill have more or less than 125 yards? Uh, I forget who it was, what quarterback. Will he throw for more or less than three touchdowns? And then the question that was given to me. Need to ask yeah. about Josh Allen yeah. was more or less than one and a half turnovers, and I thought the disrespect with which we treat this guy is so overwhelming, it is unbelievable. Are you
2: throwing your producers under the bus? I, yes,
1: I absolutely. I, we <laughs> created a new segment yesterday called "Stick That in Your Pipe and Smoke It." Think because it, it was it was such a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. We talk more about the things that guy gets wrong proportionately to the things that he gets right than anyone else in the NFL. Pick it up from there.
4: Yeah, if they made a field goal versus Philadelphia, had 12, 11 men on the field versus Denver, they'd be 8-4, and four and he'd be the leader of the MVP conversation. Last week I talked about the touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's top three in the NFL over the last four seasons, top two uh, when it comes to that. I, w- I wanted to bring a different angle because everyone constantly talks about the end result, right? The end result. So in 2020, who won the Super Bowl? What team won the Super Bowl? The Buccaneers. Okay, do you know where Tom Brady ranked when it came to interceptions thrown that season? He threw a lot, right? Yeah! He yeah. threw the third most that season. Yeah. You know who threw the least when it comes to starters? Baker Mayfield. Mm. So Tom Brady, who won the Super Bowl. Th- so 2021, 20, t- t- who won the Super Bowl that year? 2021. Stafford, right? And threw a ton of picks, yeah. Led the NFL in interceptions. Yeah, yeah. And I Joe like Burrow, where you're going, yeah. Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes threw the third most. So the Super Bowl winner threw the most. And then Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, who were in the conversation for top two, top three, threw the third most interceptions. You know who threw the least that year? Carson Wentz. (laughs)
2: Oh, your your other guy. Let's go to
4: last year, 2022. (laughs) Who won the Super Bowl? Who won the Super Bowl? Kansas City. Yeah. You know, Patrick Mahomes ranked throwing interceptions last year. How many? Second most. Uh, Behind. Know where Joe Burrow was? Third most. You know who threw the least? Daniel Jones. So can we stop this stupid conversation about interceptions? And oh my gosh, Josh Allen, and it's going to be the reason that they don't win a Super Bowl. The last three quarterbacks who've won Super Bowls have all been in the top three or four of interceptions thrown that
3: season. So I think it's very unique that you bring up the last three quarterbacks that won the Super Bowl. Because Josh Allen's never been there.
0: Mm-hmm. I so Josh dramatic. Allen's never
3: been there. So hold on for a second, Greeny. Mm-hmm. Before we go throwing around Tom Brady's name and want to put Josh Allen in that category, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Let's pause for the calls on that one. My now, when you talk about Josh Allen, I think context does matter. Why, why, Allen, are, why are the two, it's why are they standing? Listen, you know, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Josh <sighs> Allen is a phenomenal player. And does Josh Allen give the Buffalo Bills the best chance to win? Yes, he does. But why is it wrong for us to point out the things that he does? He he does wrong. Uh,
4: it's not Harry. It's not that it's wrong that you point out the flaws and the mistakes. It's that it's always the lead conversation. Yes, it is for Josh yeah. Allen. It's always the the I, thing that comes out first, or it's always the well, Josh is good, but I'm that's not, the problem. Like
2: honestly, this conversation, you guys standing like I can't I can't do this conversation anymore like Josh Allen Sean McDermott yeah okay I'll say Sean McDermott it. I'll even drop Brandon Bean they have all talked about please do they have all talked about Josh needs to be better with the football. He's got to protect it. This is not a narrative that we are creating. Nobody is saying I to your question yesterday of will Josh Allen have more or less than one point five turnovers. I said less. Like nobody is disputing Josh is a great quarterback. And for the emotionality at this, t- like it's enough. No, we're like we're not yeah, but, talking about Kimberly, Josh anymore. But Kimberly, don't portray it
4: that you. Haven't
2: been no no no. First of all, first of all, Uh what I have been is saying. What I have been saying is the facts are the facts. So we can point to. I don't know how many times people have to hear us, me say Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But it's not a lie to say he's he leads the NFL in turnovers since he's come into the league. It's also not a lie that he leads the league in touchdowns. Those are facts. We don't have to then just pointing out facts isn't saying that Josh can't be great that he can't win a Super Bowl. As long as he's in Buffalo, he can win a Super Bowl as long as he has other pieces around him. Those are facts. I just don't understand why you're acting like saying facts is a tactical. Let me get D
1: Wood in. in. Let me get D Wood in. Go ahead, Damien.
0: I've always led the Josh Allen when I, when I'm when d- discussing oh, Josh yeah. Allen, I've always said that Josh Allen is one of those what I call franchise quarterbacks, mm-hmm. one of those probably three guys in the National Football League that can literally put an organization on its back. Mm -hmm. I've always said that. But I've also said that turnovers. Turnovers are an Achilles heel in his game. Turnovers also lead to bad things, lead to teams... Ultimately, Buffalo not being able to finish the deal in games. So, so what? Okay, to your that point. like both things but can the, be both you, things can be true yes. at the same time. As, as as much as we see Josh Allen's greatness, Dan, would you agree? That's and you pointed out in the tape in the first hour. Oh, I'm about to There it are here. turnovers that cost the Buffalo Bills. Game. Can he I cannot say that? He they can't cost change him his games.
2: style of play though. He can't change it. Here's
1: what bothers me so much, Dan, is that the game that they played against the Eagles a week ago Sunday, okay? I feel like the, the narrative was Allen throws the big pick and they wind up losing. There were 106 players in uniform in that game. Of those, by far, the best player on the field was Josh Allen. It wasn't even close. There's 1,500 players in the NFL. But My point is, he was the best player in the game that day. Correct. So to point out the one play he makes wrong, they would have lost here, that game 30 here, seconds
2: ago oh, if he thing, wasn't the best player network, on the field. We literally had, within the first two weeks of the season, we literally had a debate on first take about, is Lamar Jackson worth his contract? So when you come at this table and sit here and say, Josh Allen is the most maligned quarterback we've like, stop. It's not even it's- it's stop. Just stop. It's, it's, not it's getting out of hand now. It's like Josh. Every, I think it's every worse with conversation Dak. with it's Josh. And every conversation with Josh starts with he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So, 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 but then, so,
3: then immediately, is, go ahead. I know you so, wanted to say something. So, so, so just let me play this tape again. Let me tell you why I picked out these plays from this tape and why they're so significant. Because you like in, the flavor cherry in the fourth quarter. The Buffalo Bills were up seven points versus the New York Jets without Aaron Rodgers. This is significant because after this interception, the Jets go down and score a touchdown. Right. The very next play for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen is in the shotgun and he fumbles the football. Yes, sir. The Jets go down and score three points. That's ten points on back-to-back possessions. This is the first play of the game versus the New England Patriots. Dude, the... Jets and the New England Patriots and the different Broncos have any business beating the Buffalo Bills? No, but when you help them out, yes, Greeny, I understand how flawless Josh Allen was versus the Philadelphia Eagles, but yes, when you have an interception and the Philadelphia Eagles go and score a touchdown off of it, it matters. Final word. Final word, Danny. Here's the problem.
4: You just did exactly what I'm talking about. I start every conversation with these great butt, and then the plays you just picked up. First of all, no one in, in this industry was tougher on Josh after week one than I was. I told everybody they need to go sit him down and say, grow up. Yes, there's some interceptions, but those are cherry-picked interceptions. I can give you five, Harry, that are tipped off the receiver's hands. Here's my point. We say Josh Allen is great, but... We don't do that with
3: Patrick Mahomes, even though I just told you last year he won the Super you Bowl. You want to know why we don't do it with Patrick Mahomes? Because he has two Super Bowl rings, Alan he has two him. Super Bowl in, uh, Alan two MVPs he in of the league. His
1: building, and then they gave up a touchdown with 13 seconds left. We don't, okay, so we don't, that don't, that don't do it, so Joe
3: So tell me about 2020, because I was sitting in the stands of that AFC Championship game when Josh Allen was missing plays, missing passes. When, miss Josh Harry, doing, Harry, when Josh you are doing Allen turned into Halloween, when Josh Allen was what running around is, taking Harry. unnecessary
4: sacks. I love you you are doing exactly what okay. the problem is we don't do this to Patrick and Joe well, I'm telling the truth I just told you guys Joe Burrow last year 2021 through the third most so did Patrick last year Joe Burrow and Patrick threw the third most but we always say they're great
3: because they are. We, we never caveat it with a butt. We never do. So is Josh Allen on the same level as Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow? Ch- so, yes. Oh, yes. No.
1: Absolutely. Yes, he is. Hold he on. Say, is. Wait hold, me, hold on. Is, is Josh, Josh Allen, is. Allen on the from, from a same level perspective. with Mahomes and Burrow?
0: He, from a production perspective. I, no, I've said it. I've said, you, and I've said it to the table already. There's only three, to me, three or four franchise quarterbacks in the league. Dudes. Just, just guys. Okay. Josh Allen is one of them. Yes, he's in that
1: category. Kmart, are you? I see him go to the Super Bowl. Dude. Kmart, you are. Uh, uh, you seem as as frustrated as I've ever known I'm you to just be. I'm so
2: sick of this conversation. Okay, let's <laughs> move on to
1: something good. else. All right, uh, someone tell me what to do here, Eric. I, I we're, we're, we're going to get to the NBA. We do have time. Beautiful. All right, more or less is the next game. We're looking ahead to the in season semifinals tonight. We got Jay Will and Austin Rivers making their way over. Jay, will the Bucks and Pacers? combined for more or less than 254 and a half points tonight which is the total
5: i am taking the over Greeny, and i'm gonna tell you this right now i firmly believe that tyrese hammerburton is the most exciting player in the nba right now to watch the pace and the style in which he plays. is an orthodox shot. It reminds me of Kevin Martin with the way he can score the rock, but he's a better facilitator. Uh, Austin, will Anthony Davis in the game between the Lakers
1: uh, and the Pelicans tonight score more or less than 26 and a half points?
6: Yes, he will. I think tonight. More, are you
1: saying? More. I do. Yeah, more. Yeah.
6: I, I have uh, 80 and the more on that. I, this is a big time game. Uh, in Vegas, the lights are on. He's going against Zion. Uh, which is a great matchup. I, I, people have been on his head. I think he has a big-time game.
1: And then Jay Will, LeBron, more or less 42 minutes in this game tonight.
5: You know the reason why the in-season tournament has been successful because the establishment, the players that have been in the league the longest, want to win the cup. Mm. LeBron James wants to win the cup. It means something. He will do, I mean he's the only player that played 40 minutes in their game the other night. He will do so again this evening. All
1: right, so let's get into these games here. Let's pick them tonight. Again, this in-season tournament and there you see the matchups. We have got the uh, game to uh, tonight that Bucks and Pacers there and then the Lakers and Pelicans will follow. Fascinating matchups here. and this whole in-season tournament has been such an interesting experiment by the NBA. And I think by practically every way you measure it, it's been an enormous success. So let's handicap this. Right now, Milwaukee is a four-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against Indiana. Who wins and why?
5: I, I think understanding the continuity in which how Giannis and Dame are starting to play with some of the pieces around them, I think the Bucks win tonight. You too?
6: I have the Bucks winning. Yeah, how, how do they win it tonight? Experience. Um, they got a championship team with Damian Lillard, who I know hasn't won a championship, but he has pl- plenty of, of playoff experience. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's probably one of the best clutch players in the league that we have to offer. Uh, and you add that they're actually coming into a groove right now, starting to really feel yep. the continuity growing there. I think that team gets it done.
5: And Greeny, low key, Brooke Lopez and his drop coverage against the Knicks did one yep. hell of a job. They have good
6: size. On too. Emmanuel Quickly yep. and
5: Jalen Brunson.
6: I think they're gonna see a similar style of defense tonight against I am worried about the the Lillard guarding Halliburton. Halliburton. They're, they're gonna have to yeah. figure that out. You know, they lost Drew, they lost a lot with that. They gang a lot. I I, I get that with the offensive Damien, yep. but that's that's an issue. This this dude Tyrese is a monster.
1: You know, it's interesting because you've got the team with the experience, and then the nightcap tonight you have the same thing. You have the Lakers and the Pelicans. Everything I'm hearing from the people who've been at these tournament games has been that it has had sort of a playoff feel, like that kind of atmosphere. So maybe that matters. But you both like, Austin, I'll start with you. You like the young teams. I do. You like New Orleans. I do. In
6: this case, I do. Um, I like their length and what they have to offer. I mean, when they have Herb Jones and they have Murphy out there and Ingram and Zion and Valanciunas. I mean, it's they are long. And then now that CJ's back, it adds a whole different level of scoring. Ingram's really tapping into his talent right now. He had a slow start to the season. You're starting to see him going. And then most importantly, we got a healthy Zion out there. Uh, I have them winning. I mean, your latter part, that's why I have the Pelicans too. I, I really think that
5: this is one of the most unstoppable offenses in the league. Because of the health of Zion and them utilizing him at the point four position, I don't think people at home AR know how difficult it is to stop a guy like that who weighs two hundred sixty five pounds that can get anywhere he wants on the court, but also can finish. I mean, this is like a young LeBron.
6: He's got You're a, watching a young LeBron a power forward with a with a guard's first step. Yes, yeah, he's a, he's a matchup nightmare for bigs.
1: If he is able, look, we've been saying it since he was like sixteen years old. If he's able to stay healthy, he could be a transformational player, and we'll see. Tonight we will, and we'll see him head-to-head with some of the league's biggest stars. All right, guys, awesome. We're looking forward to all the action tonight. Meanwhile, as we continue back to the NFL Game of the Year, Eagles, Cowboys, it's all on the line Sunday. We will make our picks. In fact, we're picking multiple games, and we're doing them as only we can. It's the most dangerous five minutes in all of sports television. It's a big man. It's tiny helmets. Stuff is getting smashed right after this.
0: We need your help. I need your help. We need money for research. It may not save my life, it may save my children's lives, it may save someone you love. And it's very important.
1: There's nothing more important, V-Week at ESPN. Please help us if you can join the fight against cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. And we continue on Get Up, we'll make all our picks in just a moment, but first let's look at the big matchup, Dallas and Philly. Let's talk about who has the edge. Harry, who
3: has the edge at receiver, A.J. Brown or C.D. Lamb? I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb, and it's because most of the time who he's going to be matched up with, that's the nickel slot corner of the Philadelphia Eagles, Eli Ricks, or anyone else. Then at C.D. Lamb in that first matchup, the man had 191 yards. He was getting off, and I see the same thing happening in this game on Sunday night. Yeah, Brown was an early MVP candidate, but the last few weeks, C.D. Lamb, has been
1: spectacular. D. Wood, let's go to the line of scrimmage. Who has the edge, the Eagles offensive line
0: or the Cowboys pass rush? I want to say the Cowboys pass rush, and a lot of it has to do with the Philadelphia Eagles inability to really you know, dominate the line of scrimmage running the ball. When you're not able to run the ball, you, you don't. Get the favorable down in distances. And when you're going against the Dallas Cowboys in that front, that's the last place you want to be behind the sticks in a pass rushing situation.
1: And then, Danny, obviously we saved the quarterbacks. For you, who has the edge this Sunday, Dak or Jalen Hurts?
4: Dak Prescott, number one, because he's using his eyes to move defenses. This is against Seattle. He's trying to peek to the bottom of the screen to hold that safety. Quandry digs in the middle of the field and then come back to CeeDee Lamb. That's using his eyes. The next thing is listening to his eyes. He's got what we call stick concept slant, or excuse me, a flat, and then a stick route. If that linebacker matches that out or that stick, you got to quickly get to the check down over the ball. That's listening to what your eyes are telling you to do with the football. Then he trusts his eyes. They're going to motion CD over. Harry just talked about it. He's the number one read. The contact from that defender is going to take him off. Even though CeeDee Lamb wins, you got to get off and trust what your eyes are telling you. Gets backside to Brandon Cooks right before that hook defender is able to collapse on it. So his eye use and the different ways that his eyes are impacting his game give him the advantage this week. What a
1: throw. You said it earlier today. He has never gone into a game with this level of expectation. I think the world thinks he's going to be brilliant and the Cowboys will win as a result. Let's find out what D Wood thinks. It's time to get the mallets and smash the losers. Welcome to the most dangerous this segment. Big true. man, tiny helmet. Get the goggles ready. That went right by my face. Things just got real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Touch the side. Touch the side. Graziano's got a lot
0: of potential. <laughs> oh, okay, smoke. There's no coming back from that. I, I think that might be my best. All right, here we go. It
1: is always the most dangerous few minutes that we have every single week. The big man, we've got our goggles on, the protective gear, and he is going to smash the helmets of the losers. Let's start with that game Cowboys, Eagles. Dallas is a three and a half point home favorite uh, on Sunday night, and you are going to Come smash on, hey. the losing team.
2: Ooh, ooh, ooh,
0: ooh. Oh! oh, whoa. Holy yes. smoke. There yes. it is, Dan. You yes. see it, it there? Yes, it disintegrated. Well, it, 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 it really it, flew it, everywhere. Rick it, it off, off the back here, oh, oh, it? It. it went right by my head. Uh, Why did the Cowboys win this game? I think that Dak Prescott is playing as brilliantly as he has his whole career. Um, the confidence level, you can see it. And plus, the Cowboys play differently at home. The Cowboys absolutely have yeah. no chance of winning. None. Look at that
1: screen. Whenever everybody picks one side, it never goes that way. The NFL is that level of unpredictable. This is the ultimate kiss of death. Everybody on our set likes the Cowboys. Okay, Uh, the afternoon game, Kansas City. The Chiefs, a a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Josh Allen and the Bills. Who is getting smashed?
0: Whoa! Yes. He likes the Bills. I like the Bills. Look at uh, that. Listen, Josh Allen I think Josh, again, Josh Allen to me is one of the three best quarterbacks that we have in this oh, league. I think Josh Allen's going to go nuclear. And, and Arrowhead, we we talk about the issues that the Kansas City Chiefs have on offense. I think Buffalo would do just enough to get, get this win. Harry, you're the only one on the screen right.
3: Kansas City. Why? I think the wide receivers of Kansas City, they're going to show up big in this matchup. Plus, when you look at this football team, they, they're they still in search of that number one seed. If they want that, they can't afford to lose this game. I don't Buffalo. know if I, I took the bills on this one.
2: Oh, not after we spent all day arguing about Josh Allen. Absolutely not. He would lose three or four. Absolutely not. I like the Bills.
1: For whatever it's worth, I like them too. Okay, and then tonight. I just don't know. Let me get you fired up. We got New England. We got Pittsburgh. We also got Jingle Jangle if you want. The Steelers are a six-point
0: home favorite tonight. D. Wood, who's getting smashed? You know what, Greeny, man? Like... You know, this is my my shtick right here. Yeah, your shtick. And I don't know if these two teams are worthy of, of my smash, so I'm going to pass it to wait, oh, I'm Wait, pass a it to Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come on. Come on. It's to be more Come than the actual – Come on. Here we go. Here we
2: go. Who's okay. going to lose?
1: Here we go. Oh, Lord.
2: Oh, okay. That was – Oh, no. Oh, Take it from again! <laughs> again.
1: Oh!
4: Go. Of course there it goes go. my direction.
1: Well duck, should we get a shot?
4: It's literally just parked next to Danny over there. Of course it comes to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's literally just parked next to our Lowski. Dan, by the way, is the only one who likes New England. All right, Kip. I did not take New England. (laughs) You guys got all my picks wrong. That's
2: how bad the game is gonna be, guys. One
1: way or another, the picks have been made and the helmets have been smashed. First take is coming up next. Should the winning quarterback of this game in Dallas be the MVP favorite? Are the Chiefs still the team to beat? First take's got all the debates. Top of the hour right here on ESPN.
3: Harry, before we go, we have some that boy bads from your fans. Yeah, man, uh, this weekend was phenomenal. I'm riding the cart, leaving the stadium, the Saints in, in, in Lions game, and all these people, man, stopped me on the streets and talking to me about that boy bad. So I appreciate all of y'all showing that boy bad some love. This is in the Atlanta Airport right here. I'm going to Pat Shells to go get me some fried chicken and some greens and some yams. This young lady called me over, man. She wanted to do that boy bad. So a lot of love, man. Big Lomis Brown, who played. In I National know Lomas, of course. The first thing he said to me when he seen me was that boy
1: bad. First take starts now. <laughs>